0: A Beautiful Fiction A Good Omens podfic, Written by The Starlit Rose And read by Literarian Chapter 20 The number was queued up. All he had to do was hit the call button and he'd hear Aziraphale's voice. Fear bubbled in his gut. He was raw with emotion. It had settled into his bones. He felt coated in it. He was so bloody anxious he could hardly think straight. Crowley closed his eyes and pictured Aziraphale. How worried he must be, how tired and brave he must have been these past few weeks. To learn that Crowley was alive and be patient enough to restrain himself from jumping headfirst into action. Aziraphale had always been more careful. He realized that he was starting to think of Aziraphale in the present tense. Alive. Aziraphale was alive. He glanced down at the phone, heavy and warming in his palm. He pressed cool. It began to ring. It rang once, then twice, before the call connected with a click. Uh, "'Yes, hello,' said the voice of an angel. Crowley's heart leaped in his chest. He'd half expected this to be a cruel joke. But the moment he heard Rafel's beloved voice, he jerked in surprise and nearly dropped the phone. He exhaled a shuddery breath and spoke, his voice soft, painfully so. Hiya, angel. Crowley, oh. It's me, I... He took a breath to steady himself. Stars above, I can't tell you how fucking wonderful it is to hear your voice. I don't think I have to imagine. Crowley chuckled awkwardly, his grin so wide it made his cheeks hurt. How would you figure it out? Warlock deserves the credit, really. Just hearing him say that you were real and not all in my head. I thought I'd made you up. Just a particularly vivid, grief-induced hallucination. I thought you died, Aziraphale. I remembered your death. I woke up and you weren't there, and then Beelzebub told me... Uh, told me you were gone. I know, waking up without you, and to Gabriel, of all people, it was dreadful. It was. Crowley frowned. Fucking Gabriel, at least they allowed you to stay in Soho. You've always been the more adventurous out of the two of us, my dear. (laughs) It's too bloody hot here, though. And what do you know, it seems we're both in the business of selling books. The shop here in Savannah is bloody full of old texts. What? Crowley shook his head. They gave me a place to live. Looks so much like your shop, I wouldn't question it. Most of the furniture and art from my flat are here too. You'd hate it. <laughs> it really can't be any worse than your flat was, my dear. Oi, rude. Well, I'm only being truthful, dearest. Your taste and decor is... Uh... Interesting to say the least. The demon rolled his eyes. You want to talk? Yes, well, antiques are never out of fashion, are they? They are if they were never in to begin with, angel. Crowley heard a sob from the other line he suddenly felt so very far away from Aziraphale. He wanted nothing more than to reach out and pull him into his arms. To comfort him, to kiss him. I'm sorry. It's just, I've missed you so much. I've missed you so much. Just a few hours and I'll be there. Adam and Warlock are asleep. They were exhausted. Besides, I wanted a chance to hear your voice before I left. What happened? Adam mentioned an accident. Crowley frowned, pausing for a moment. Warlock was nearly killed. I don't actually know how he survived Aziraphale. He should have died. How did he survive? I think it had to do with Adam. I've only met the kid once, but I know that look, Aziraphale. I think there is something between them. I could feel it. He was protecting him, even if Adam himself wasn't aware. (gasps) Really? That's wonderful. Yeah, it is. I'd hoped they would get along. You should have seen how protective little Warlock was when Adam first came over. He's still such a sweet boy. (laughs) He's not so little now. I, I was so happy to see him, but scared too. At first, I didn't realize who it was. I saw black wings and could feel something holy. Then I realized it was Adam, and the limp thing falling to the ground was him. When Adam picked him up, he was so close to being gone, Azir Raphael. He heard Azir Raphael swallow. But he's asleep, you said? He and Warlock took my bed for the night. He's fine, just a scar but it couldn't be helped. I'm so glad you were there, Crowley. He's such a nice boy. We didn't do too bad with him after all. Crowley smiled. No, we didn't. Not bad at all. The rest of the night passed in much the same way, phones pressed close to their ears, relishing in the voice of their beloved on the other line. They spoke of their lives the past twenty years, of their worries and the promise of tomorrow. Aziraphale smiled into the phone. What would you say, my dear? Well, what would you say to leaving London when this is all over? You'd leave the shop? Darling, this shop holds too many grim memories. We could travel the world, do the things we always dreamed of, perhaps retire to the country. Crowley grinned. I'd follow you anywhere you wanted to go, Angel, even the country. The hours passed quickly. Plans were made, and loneliness chipped away. Dawn broke over Savannah, amber light pooling under the curtains in Crowley's bookshop. I need to get ready to leave. I'm coming home, Aziraphale. I'll see you soon. He heard the pause in Aziraphale's voice, reluctant to hang up. I'll see you soon. I love you, Crowley. He smiled. Love you too. He choked out, then hung up. Adam woke to sunlight hitting him square in the face. His back was stiff, and there was something heavy weighing him down. Adam instinctively tightened his arms around it. He blinked in the offending pale blue light as memories of the day before returned to him. Warlock was tucked safely against him, his head resting in the crook of Adam's neck with an arm wrapped firmly around him. They hadn't gone to sleep like this. He was sure of that because he'd made a point of not touching Warlock when they settled into bed. Adam hadn't wanted to make him feel uncomfortable. The day before had been trying, the last thing he needed was to feel pressured. The warm weight of him soothed Adam's fractured nerves. He wished he could lay there forever. But it wasn't over, not by a long shot. They were flying home, and soon. He'd get his answers and maybe find a way to keep Warlock too. He shifted in his sleep, sighing against Adam's neck. Adam realized he should probably wake him up but he was loath to lose the contact. Warlock, he murmured. Come on, time to wake up. Warlock shifted, fingers grasping at the cloth of Adam's shirt before lifting his head up. Sleepy blue eyes stared down at him, bright in the morning light. He bit his lip gaze flickering to Adam's mouth. There was a moment Adam thought Warlock might kiss him, but it passed. Adam smiled up at him. Good morning, sleepyhead. Oh, morning. Warlock grumbled, moving into a sitting position and stretching out his long limbs. I've been thinking... Well, I certainly hope you have. (laughs) Ha ha, funny, Adam retorted. He rolled his eyes. We need to get back as fast as possible. What if we hired a private jet? How would we do that? I could persuade them to take us. It would be faster and likely safer. We don't want to draw attention to us, and using any type of power after yesterday could do just that. Have you talked to Nanny about this? Adam shook his head. Right. Two hours later, Crowley, Warlock and Adam were boarding a plane to England with Dog yelping at their heels. Crowley sat at the front of the plane. Neither the two pilots nor the attendant seemed to notice the wrong three people had boarded and wouldn't be able to recall their faces once they'd landed. Nine hours later, they landed at Heathrow. Crowley stepped off the plane and glanced around. It was cool in the early hours of the morning. The energy of the soil beneath his feet and the scent of the breeze grounded him with a feeling of rightness, a sense of place. He was home. Crowley hadn't brought anything with him except for his journals, although he felt sick to think of them. What had once been treasured memories was now ruined. The thought of Beelzebub, or worse, Gabriel, coming through his personal diaries? To change the words and events? It made him sick with anger. The journey back to England had taken much too long, especially when he could have hitched a ride via phone line, but it made the most sense. Adam was right. They didn't need to draw unnecessary attention to themselves, but it didn't mean he had to like it. The ride had been good for one thing. It had given him time to form a plan. If his suspicions were correct, what Gabriel and Beelzebub had done wasn't official business with heaven or hell. This had been personal, and from what Aziraphale had said the night before, Gabriel and Beelzebub were probably working together. How long had they been corresponding? It was all well and fine for them to reconnect, to work together, but they had the nerve to retaliate when he and Aziraphale did the same. Crowley couldn't believe he had come to rely on Beelzebub, the traitor. He'd always been uneasy about trusting the Prince of Hell, but there had been moments when he was sure Beelzebub's concern for him was genuine. He still couldn't quite absorb how thoroughly he'd been betrayed. He should have known better. Demons don't make friends, regardless of who they'd been to one another in heaven. Crowley was pulled from his musings by a hand on his arm. Come on, nanny, let's get you home. He nodded, following them into one of the cabs parked near the gate. An hour, if they were lucky, and he would be with Aziraphale.